is this concept introduced earlier? Does it need to be introduced later? And so we use the E5 methodology, which is mm -hmm. to engage, establish, equip, empower, and expand. And so that is the lens through which we do our curriculum evaluation. Welcome to episode 58 of the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Have you ever wanted your ministry to scale but found yourself to be the bottleneck? Have you ever wanted to duplicate the skills and knowledge and information that some of your key leaders hold? Well, in a moment, we'll hear from an organization that will help you break through those bottlenecks and scale your ministry. One of the keys to scaling your ministry is being able to have regular monthly donors supporting your ministry. Well, the fascinating thing is that only 23% of ministries actually have a dedicated monthly donor program. How did I know that? Well, the digital ministry benchmark study that we've conducted helps gives us some key insights into how other ministries are doing to multiply and maximize their digital efforts. It covers areas like digital donations, social media, email, and much, much more. Not only that, but we've bundled the benchmark study with a personalized scorecard. This personalized scorecard will show how you stack up against other ministries. It will also include the next action item that will help you improve your digital outreach. This is a free study, free scorecard. I'd encourage you to go to 5q.com slash scorecard to get yours today. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash scorecard. Welcome to the Ministry of Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Today, we've got TJ Tyson with us. She's a CEO and chief architect of E5 Institute. Now, what's fascinating about TJ, when you go to her LinkedIn profile, she has as a motto, learn, grow, go. And that really is her passion about helping faith-based organizations develop a culture of learning. So for me, one of my strength finders is a learner. I'm also a five on the Enneagram, which means I like to dive deep. And my Colby profile is a researcher. So, so, so I love to learn from others who are passionate about learning. So, so TJ, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having Can me. You, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Great. So, so how did you develop your passion for learning that led to you leading a company that provides a powerful learning management system to others? Boy, that's a great question. I, I guess like you, I'm just naturally wired that way. So yeah, my strengths has learner as well as input. So I'm, I love mm -hmm. to dig in. I love deep diving. Uh, I love learning. Um, I wasn't really an excellent student growing up. Uh, because, but I love learning, right? So it was just yeah, the structure yeah. um, of that learning that I think was um, is difficult for some people. And um, yeah. as that's part of what leads into this, you know, is how do you provide learning solutions that are engaging? And, and really for, for us, we're looking at helping those nonprofits really mobilize and expand their mission by instituting learning uh, because mm -hmm. there are so many of those organizations that are using learning as a component um, of what they do. And so knowing how, how I learn and how I like to dive in is how do you then create that kind of learning where everybody feels like they actually are learning and growing, um, that learn, grow, go, and then going and doing something with it, right? Yeah, no, 
you know, it's fascinating to me that what you said about you weren't necessarily an excellent student, because I can relate to that. I mean, you had some guys and gals in our class who everything just came supernaturally. And for me, it wasn't I had to work really, really hard to to uh, to keep up with class. And and so I, I, I resonate with that. And honestly, I, I honestly feel that learn the having to put in a little bit extra effort helped develop a character that carried on after after the school days and uh so yeah i, I resonate with uh um not necessarily being an excellent student mm-hmm. what what as you've looked at helping uh d- developing a an lms a learning management system that actually um leads to people who have different learning styles what have been some of the learnings that you've had about how to do that in a way that's effective sure well and 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 also just to clarify a little bit we we don't just have an lms we do educational Mm -hmm. consulting as well and so Mm -hmm. i think that's really where the key is so before you get to that delivery system um you know, which which we do, we have partnered with the number one ranked LMS um, in the country. And so we have a very robust system. But before you even get to how you're going to deliver your learning, right. what delivery system is best for you, you have to go back and say, what does this look like for the learner? What is our intended mm-hmm. outcome for the learner? What is the learner persona? Um, you know, what is it that we're trying to accomplish, you know, missionally or, or through our vision and our mission? in the learning and then you have to be able to align all of those things together and so Mm -hmm. you know for example we're working with an organization that's going into the prison system and so we look at demographics and um educational levels and and say okay so then how do we how do we need to structure the curriculum including the digital assets that are a part of that learning in order Mm -hmm. to engage and reinforce what they're learning, looking at the curriculum and saying, is this, is this concept introduced earlier? Does it need to be introduced later? And so we use the E5 methodology, which is mm-hmm. to engage, establish, equip, empower, and expand. And so that is the lens through which we do our curriculum evaluation. It's the lens through which we, we create the, um, what we call a managed learning path for the different learners. And it's also how we evaluate the success of whatever um, curriculum or learning program that you have in place. So so the E5, your E5 methodology, could you just say those five categories again and expound on them a little bit for us? Sure. Okay. So engage. So you have to start with engaging in that general topic. Um, and being able to kind of lay out the, the bigger picture of that, because that's really when people engage the most is in those beginning bigger picture topics. So then you mm-hmm. have to establish, which is establishing the truths that go along with that. Um, and, and any new concepts that are a part of that, right, that they might not have been introduced to before or how you can relate that. And then equip is really a, equipping that learner to display mastery of that, whether that's through interactive content or quizzes or a reflection exercise or whatever that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, being able to empower them to put that into practice in their life. So I mean, a big part of learning is doing, right? And mm-hmm. so it, we, we learn what we do. And, and depending on what your learning style is, that might even be that you have to do it while you're listening or learning or any of those types of things. But we actually want people to, 
apply the things they're learning into their life or else it's just head knowledge and and think about it how many conferences have you gone to or webinars have you watched where you listen you take notes you get whatever information and then it sits somewhere yeah and you're like oh this is so great but you never put it into practice and so it actually never becomes a part of your repertoire and Mm -hmm. um and then the expand is really about how do you bring this beyond yourself because we learn best when we Mm. teach and share with others and so that's also a part of it. And so we we kind of do a blend of on-demand and in-community learning. So how do you engage with other people who are actually going through uh, that same course or curriculum or lesson in order to have discussion and be able to to help each other process that information and, mm-hmm. and give examples and case studies and um, life experiences of how this applies to their life? So those are those are the five E's, what we're all about, really. Yeah, I know. So what percentage would you say of the work that you do with an organization is tied back to the, uh, like the online part of it? And how much of the learning do you encourage them to implement in a more face-to-face traditional classroom setting? So our focus is primarily on the, on the digital side of it. Um, And and because um, obviously COVID came, and yeah. now you had, yeah. especially with, with faith-based organizations, which is our primary focus, you have, you have yeah. all these organizations that have been doing all of these things in person for all of these years. Um, and then yeah. COVID comes along and, and just disrupts everything in a beautiful way, I think, in a very mm-hmm. beautiful way, um, because mm-hmm. it expanded really the borders um, for, mm-hmm. for God to do the work across geographical lines, uh, even across mm-hmm. countries, right? And so... Looking at that, it's a it's an opportunity for these organizations to really have a paradigm shift in how they look at what they're doing with their learning and how they're mm-hmm. engaging their learners as a part of that. And so we have the capability to do both that on demand in community as well as live opportunities, meaning we have virtual classrooms. Um, you know, we can yeah. do those webinars as well, but virtual interactive classrooms as well. Um, And then there's hybrids that people are doing because there are some people that now that they've engaged across those geographical lines, they want to still engage. And so you have to have Mm -hmm. that hybrid mix if you are going to do some of that in person. So we see that in conferences now. We see it. And the reality is that, that it's actually a good thing. But I've noticed that, especially with nonprofit organizations, it's hard for them to make that paradigm shift. So there's I've we've worked with people who are like, well, I don't know. We might just go back to the way we did things before. And I'm like, why would you do that? God's giving us this wonderful opportunity to expand and reach more people than we ever would have before by just having a small group in one area. And so it's really about helping our clients see that shift and how that fits into their organization. So that's why we create a roadmap for our clients as part of our consulting Mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is what you're trying to accomplish. This is your mission and vision. This is how you see that expanding. How do we institute learning in a way that's going to scale with you and actually help you accomplish your mission and not just be a sidebar to it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That actually be the central vein that's a part of it because when we look at it, really at the nature of or, or at the core of almost every nonprofit organization is some type of learning. Either mm. you're, you're teaching your constituents, you're teaching people about your mission and your vision, you're teaching, you know, those who are engaging with you. 
And really, when it comes to faith-focused organizations, that comes down to a, some some type of disciple-making, right? So mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just discipleship, but disciple-making. And really, our focus is to helping them make disciples who make disciples. So how do you yeah. multiply as opposed to add? And so yeah. you, that's where that digital space makes it is, it's huge. It's a game changer, right? And so yeah. the key is to leverage the tools that God has given us at this space and time in this era and the shift that we've had in this era um, because of, you know, COVID bringing in this disruption to, to how things are done and actually leveraging that for your organization instead of seeing it as an obstacle or something that holds you back from your mission. Use it. Right. Yeah. So that was probably a long answer to a short question. But. No, no, that's that's an encouragement to all ministries. I, I mean, you're right. And, and I think the one thing I observed when the, we were in the thick of the, 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 the biggest change around COVID was those that that embraced it as an opportunity um, had a completely different mindset than those that responded in fear and pulled back. And, and so just, I think that's a good word of encouragement for folks not to lose the, the gains that, that you may have had inside your organization, but at the same time, recognize the areas where, I mean, working remotely, there are challenges with it. So where can you, where can you bring both of them together where it makes sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to take a half a step back. Because you mentioned so rightly so that learning by itself isn't enough. In mm-hmm. fact, in the history of our company, 5Q, at one point we had a core value of learning. We, we wanted to foster learning environment, but we realized that that wasn't enough. It's not enough just to learn because learning by itself can produce cynicism and, and really pride. Mm-hmm. But applied learning leads to wisdom and to growth. So we changed our core value from learning to growth and, and not talking about organizational growth, but about personal growth and, and, and growing as a, internally as a company. So, so, so I I say, take a half step back because we'll get to the disciple making part, but how have you found some effective ways to move beyond the engaging establishing into the equipping and the displaying the mastery and empowering, putting it into practice. What are some practical ways that you've been able to, to do that with, with organizations? Right. And I would say that part of that has to do with that um, in community learning part of it, because mm-hmm. like I said before, we learn, we learn from others, you know, and we also yeah. learn, I mean, and God created us, to be in community with others. And so you can't lose that part of it just because you're not face to face. And so, you know, we have the capability to, to have that learning connect into communities. There's lots of platforms that can, that you can use to do that depending on how community focused your organization is. And so, you know, part of what we do when we're providing that roadmap and we're, you know, doing that curriculum evaluation. And we're also evaluating what type of delivery system they need, depending on what they're trying to accomplish. So they might actually have a delivery system that is more community based than um, necessarily, you know, virtual classrooms. So it might be more community feed based or, Mm -hmm. you know, private community versus um, just doing an, uh, you know, an on-demand section or or a, a virtual classroom. But what we've found is that the combination of those things is really what allows people to put that into practice. Um, 
because yeah. because we learn so much from other people because somebody yeah. says something oh i this is what happened to me in this situation when i tried to apply this what i learned um then we learn from them in that process yes. and then we're able to put yeah. that in place and so uh there also has to be an intentionality about how you communicate that that user experience and what you want them mm -hmm. to to gain from that learning if you set it up mm -hmm. that hey this is about applying what you learn not just learning this then you're setting that expectation mm -hmm. that they're going to be putting this into practice um, mm -hmm. and so you know part of that is just is, is setting up that curriculum and setting up those expectations for the learner to know that this is not mm -hmm. just a, a head knowledge course you know this is something that you need to actually yeah. put into practice like books that have study guides with them right or books to use in a small group you think about that they use that that same kind of methodology in there so so if you were talking with somebody who is leading a team that it, how would you encourage them to just to, to help create a mindset of not just learning, but also doing, how, how would you encourage them to coach their team members around that? So, well, so I, let's say like yeah. an example, I just, uh, two, two of our team members just went to a conference mm -hmm. and um, like, like how would you coach them to be able to take the learnings from the conference and not just stick them on the shelf, but to lean into the applied, applied learning part? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that that I would do and have done with organizations is if you're sending somebody out to a conference, they actually have to come back and teach some of that to the rest of the team. Yep. So yep. you're actually you're setting them up that they're going into it, learning, paying attention to what is it that I'm going to bring back to my team and be able yeah. to present to the team as a part of that. And so I think that that's one thing just in that instance where I, you know, you can set that expectation before they even go to that conference. So now they're going to glean more yeah. and they're actually going to focus on the things that are going to help their organization as a whole, their team, and not just themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so that gives them that opportunity to share that, which is the expand portion, right? Bringing it yep. beyond themselves. Yep. Um, which then spurs on discussion, of course, for deeper dives into certain topic areas and the ability then yeah. to, to be able to source those resources that you need to go deeper um, and actually you know, put that into practice. And I think the other part of it is giving them permission to be able to put into practice what they're learning. So if they learn a methodology yeah. or they learn something at a conference to say, hey, we're giving you the opportunity to come back and not only share with us, but we actually want you to implement something that you found can really um, have a organizational wide impact for us and our team. So giving them yeah. the the autonomy to do that, to bring mm -hmm. to you and say, here's something that I think we need to implement right away. And you can go, yep, go ahead. It's all yours. Yeah. And now they're yeah. able to actually put that into practice and the team benefits from it and the whole organization benefits from it. That, that's great. And I hope our listeners listen to that because that is so critical for helping to grow a team. And also I found I, what you just shared found encouraging. I find it encouraging personally, because first of all, we didn't just send one person to a conference. We sent two of them to the same conference. And I said, you know, at the end of throughout the course of the conference, I, I want you, I want you guys to be sharing notes and sharing learnings and discuss how, what your learning could apply back, back at our place and then be prepared to present uh, I, I usually ask for what are five, three to five things that you've learned and three to five things that you can apply when you come back. 
and uh, and then have a couple of different methods or forums where they can share those learnings with with the broader team. So, yeah, that's uh, I find uh, what you just shared very um, affirming and uh, yes. in some of the things that we're doing. So, yeah, and yeah. that's your that's your researcher mind, right? You just sent you sent two people out to do the research for you and bring back the key points. So you didn't, you know, um, that's that's part of that. But good good for you. You've already set them up for success yeah. with that. Yeah. Could, could you just talk about like you, what, how is your approach differently when you're working with an organization, helping them reach their exterior audience? And when you're working with an organization, helping them train their, their really their interior, like implementing a learning system internally, sure. is, is there a difference in your approach or, or how do you, how do you approach those in a different way, if any? Yeah, and you bring up an interesting point because a lot of times people will look at like a learning management system, at least from, you know, in the way the space that it's being used now with digital learning, and they only think externally, right? And so the ways that you have to look at it is you have this incredible opportunity um, to really streamline your operations uh, to, to be able to you know, decrease your turnover, increase your, um, you know, internal advancement, um, just provide a a better atmosphere as well as being able to reinforce your culture and your initiatives by using, you know, a platform or a learning management system. And so I see a lot of organizations who will have like everything on SharePoint for their employees, but then they'll have this robust learning management system or delivery platform that they're using for their external. And they're, it's like, you know, the SharePoint is a mess and nobody can find what they need to get onboarded or do their development or advancement. But here you have this great tool that you're not even using internally. And Mm -hmm. I think the key is understanding, understanding the tool and, and how it can help you across your entire organization, not just externally, but internally as well. So even with nonprofits, right? Nonprofits have boards. So one of the things we recommend with our clients is get your board into your system. Hmm. And then what happens, especially if you have, you know, a good LMS or learning management system is you can track things. So you want to make sure your board um, is, is reading the, the notes, right? And is, <laughs> or watching the previous recording so that they can approve yep. those notes. So instead of doing all of this email chain back and forth, you can actually bring them into your platform. You can have mm-hmm. all of those notes there. You can have whatever additional teaching, recording from meetings that they might've missed. Uh, you can have a you know a community mm-hmm. in there where you're actually communicating with each other there instead of losing all of these things in these email chains, right? So, so now Mm -hmm. something that the board approved to be an investment for the organization to reach their, their external audience, right, is being used by the board and, or the, you know, or the employees or the, the team that is a part of it so that they experience the benefit of that. And then what that does is allow them, especially those who maybe are more strategic minded or have a lot of ideation to go, well, here's another way we can use this. Here's another way we can use this. Right. So um, it just opens up that creativity as well as really gleaning the most value you can out of it. You're paying for it no matter what. Right. So how do you get the most value out of that investment that you've made? 
And I think one thing that you didn't use the term, but what I heard you say is you need to be intentional because like the SharePoint stuff can be a mess and then we're not even using the LMS over here. Well, let's be intentional about the way that we're using all of our tools to be able to, 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 the, to the best um, ability to be able to help people, empower people to do their work well. So yeah, yeah, intentionality is, is critical. Can you share with us just a, a, a story or an example where you where the E5 approach has helped transform an organization into instituting learning as a part of their, their organization? Sure. Um, so we had one organization that uh, kind of had these these groups around the metro area. Um, and one person was kind of doing all of those groups, right, and traveling around these 12 different groups and wanted to scale, wanted to grow in, in some other areas, but that, that particular human resource, which was the leader, was limited because he was spending all of his time in these groups. And yeah. so he, he, they knew they needed to do something differently. Um, and so they brought us in. And what we did was we actually created a whole process and system for bringing in other leaders for those groups to facilitate those groups. But then we also created all of the training. So we we also have a creative arm to our organization where we can create the content, we can create your training program, we can create your digital assets, you know, whether it's animation or video or, you know, whatever it is that that, that needs to be interactive content, we create all of that as well. So, um, so we were able to come in and say, okay, what does this need to look like? Not only what do we need to teach them for them to be a successful leader of this, but what is your process look like internally? for that leader application, for their agreement, for their vetting, for their approval, for, you know, for training them. And then what is that follow-up that needs to be a part of that and that ongoing training and support that needs to be a part of it? So, so we're not just looking at what's that training and learning portion of this. When we come in, because we understand your organization is really a business, right? So we're looking at it from that business perspective and saying, mm -hmm. okay, here's the continuum of, of what you're doing. And here's this part that you want to do with these leaders. So what does that look like within your organization and within the platform? So the two have to come together, right? If they're not mm -hmm. two separate entities. And so we created um, just a, a wonderful learning path for those leaders mm -hmm. that equipped them to just go and, you know, hit the ground running. And so as a result of that, um, we were able to, within a three-month period, train, create the training, train 12 leaders to take over those groups mm -hmm. and launch them out to do that along with the support system. Now the leader of the organization was completely freed up to pursue mm. those new initiatives that God had been, you know, laying on his heart and on the organization's heart. And so that's a, that's a trajectory mm. shift, right? That's being able yeah. to, to grow exponentially because now you have the space to do that. And so a lot of times what organizations will do is they'll go, well, we want to do this, you know, these different groups, or we want to do these different experiences for people, but then they'll all try to do it themselves instead of, like the whole, you know, making disciples who make disciples instead, yeah. raising up other people who can be leaders and effectively training them to go and do that because now you have just multiplied your impact. And, and that's really what it's about. So that's just one example of, of how we help to make a huge shift in an organization. 
Yeah, well, what I appreciate about what you've been saying is that it's, it's not just about the platform. It's not even just about the curriculum. It's about looking at the whole process. It's like, it's the, it's the, it's the whole business process that, that you need to have an understanding for so that you're able to, to, to teach that in a way that, that you are able to multiply. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it sounds like it's very tailored and customized to every organization that you're working with, but yet you're using the same framework and the same process for each one. Exactly. That's what we call our roadmaps. So we come in yeah. and we do some discovery sessions and we create this roadmap that says, okay, you know, here's, here's what we see with your mission vision, what you're trying to accomplish. Here's how we can yeah. see that rolling out over the next few years. And then, and then yeah. here's where your curriculum is. And we evaluate that and say, well, here's some, some ways based on what your intended outcomes are and your learner persona that we think you should augment or change or shift your curriculum. And then we say, yeah. okay, what kind of learning management system or what type of platform do you need? To deliver this so we're really looking at the whole thing and then what we do is we kind of become that that training arm for that organization so mm-hmm. we're kind of like that outsource so we don't just say here's your roadmap go have fun with it mm-hmm. you know because if you know anything about creating plans unless you actually implement them they're just you know they're not even worth the paper they're printed on or the computer yep. they're written on so um yep. So we really stick around and we help implement that. And so we put that, not only the the creation and the rollout of that into a project plan, but we have a roadmap. That roadmap goes into a three, five year plan. And we're mm-hmm. walking alongside that organization, whether they need us to do the maintenance and support and ongoing mm-hmm. you know, creation of content, or if they have a team that already does that. See, and then we can just yeah. walk alongside and make sure that they're staying true to their mission and vision, that they are continuing to deliver that and they have engaging content and they're they're meeting their objectives so so we really kind of guide them along the way uh, because a lot of times especially nonprofits they don't have that staff to do that so we do it in a very cost-effective way um, to be able to support them through that process and and make sure they stay on track and with that we're able to help them be able to take some time to step back and dream a little bit about other ways mm-hmm. that they can expand. So like one organization, it's very much an internal, um, well, it's a training uh, that they use and internal for their constituents, but we're helping them look at how do you make that more of an external tuition model then? So how yeah. can you take it from, from this is your core group to expanding it out and then we actually have that mapped out as to when we're going to begin working on you know the ideation for that the implementation for that creation of that and everything so it's just a it's a much bigger picture than just Mm -hmm. let's create a course for you and put it on this platform so you know our our passion here at 5 is to help ministries scale and really what you've just described in our entire conversation has been around helping them scale human resources by using education. And because mm-hmm. you, you, you can't, you can't do that until you, until you are able to, to take the knowledge, the wisdom and the understanding and institutionalize it in a way that can be spread across the entire, entire organization. So if you're listening out there and you're like, oh man, every time we have to add a new person to the team or replace or, 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 or somebody leaves and we have to replace that, it's like we're starting from ground zero. I, I really can see the, see the value 
of like E5 coming in and helping you institutionalizing that so that an organization can scale and adapt to those changes as, as needed. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's usually where the biggest frustration is. And so part of when we're working with teams on this and organizations, one of the things I ask them is what are you, what do you keep repeating over and over? What do you have to say 10,000 times? Or yeah. what are you repeating every time, you know, you're onboarding somebody or every time you're teaching this concept, because whatever it is that you're repeating can be automated. It can be yeah. put into yeah. a learning system and a learning path and can be augmented with additional resources. And now you have room to breathe. And yeah. your those those people that you are teaching are actually benefiting more because now they're hearing it from a broader perspective and they're able to share that. And, and you're able to create as a manager or leader of that team, additional learning paths for people based on what their individual needs are, as opposed yeah. to just a cookie cutter, right? So mm -hmm. depending on what their role and responsibility is, depending on you know where their strengths are, um, as well as any new initiatives that you have can always be rolled out that way as well. So it's all about what is your highest and best use in your organization. Mm -hmm. And, and if it, it's not repeating yourself, it isn't, that's not it. So <laughs> I think as yeah. anybody out there who's a parent would agree, it's not re repeating yourself <laughs> is not your highest and best use. So, so let's well, we get have to you do it a lot, out of the way. Like. <laughs> yes. Right. It's about getting out of your own way. Really is yeah. what it comes down yeah. to. It's about getting out of your own way. That's good. Well, TJ, you are also kind of on another part of your life. You're the author of the book, Killing Wonder Woman, and the founder and executive director of Working Women to Faith. And so, so, so just tell us a little, a little bit about that and, and your, your passion for helping uh, women get a right view of themselves and sure. uh, what it looks like for women working in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So, uh, first of all, I will just say Jesus did more to set women free than anybody ever. Yes. And, and that's really Amen. kind of what the yeah. premise of, of yeah. the book is. I mean, it's killing Wonder Woman, setting weary women free to win at work and soar in faith. Mm. And the idea behind it is really that, you know, we have these different Wonder Women in our lives where we're trying to be Wonder Woman, whether it's, mm. you know, it, whether it's literal or figurative or spiritual even. Um, and so and not that this is exclusive to women, but that I wrote the book specifically for women and men have yeah. their own complexes too. But um, so this is specifically written for those women who, you know, are trying to be all things to all people um, and trying to do it all and, and understanding that there's a lot of lies from the enemy wrapped up in all of that. And so really combating that, the whole kill, idea of killing Wonder Woman is really about um, identifying those lies that are and labels that are a part of that, that aren't from God, right? That are from the enemy. Mm -hmm. And then being able to replace those with God's truth and walk in that freedom of being set free to just be, be who God made you to be instead of trying to be all things to all people. Uh, so that's just something that I've always been passionate about, mainly because I was experiencing it myself and going, yeah. I don't want to live like this. You know, this is not who I am and this is not what God created me for. So yeah. so how do I unravel from all of this? And um, so it was really kind of through my own experience, as well as the women that I learned from in working women of faith um, and to be able to all of us learn together. Right. What it looks like to yeah. be set free 
in those not only those different roles in our lives, but in the different seasons of our life, uh, mm. because those are different as well. And each mm-hmm. season and each role comes with its own um, expectations from others and even expectations from ourselves, uh, expectations from the church, uh, you know, whatever that looks like. And so yeah. uh, we have to be very um, vigilant and uh, intentional about that or we'll just get swept away with with all the things that really don't matter wow we could go a whole nother podcast just on that topic because what you just (laughs) described really is about and and it's it's not like you said it's not unique to women it's about where is our identity from do we draw our identity from our work or from others expectations or do we draw our identity from who we are in christ Mm-hmm. And uh, um, that's going to look differently for everybody, but how freeing it is when you can get to the place where you're okay with letting things roll off your back and not uh, not putting the burden, like what you said, it's the enemy that put these lies in there that they're not true at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's great. Um, so TJ, tell us, share with us something that you've been learning, a book that you've been reading, a podcast that you can recommend to our audience. Sure, absolutely. Actually, I have it right next to me. And there is a book called When Helping Hurts. And it's mm. how to alleviate poverty without hurting the poor or yourself. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but um, it's just, it's it's really, for me, it's been a game changer in thinking about, and and. When I talk about poverty, this is really about more than just material poverty because we're all poor in some way, whether it's relationally or spiritually or right. And so, but this is focused more on on helping the material, the materially poor. Um, and so, it just really challenges us to think to rethink about the way we're approaching this, especially from the Western world, uh, the Western worldview, the Western Christian worldview, which is. Um, yeah. If you want to, if you want to just rock your world a little bit, go ahead and read that book. Well, I, I love that you recommended that book because I, I believe it's the Chalmers Institute that mm-hmm. released it, yes. and and uh, one of their one of their key principles is Tabitha. Uh, Tabitha Capick, and she spoke at our conference a couple of weeks ago and has been interviewed on this podcast. And I just love, love the work that they do. And uh, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a fantastic, fantastic book that alters the way we think about poverty because it's more than just material side of things. So yeah. that's a great yeah. resource recommendation. Thanks. Thanks so much. It is. And it applies, uh, interestingly, it applies across various um, aspects of our life. You know, mm. so we're working, as I mentioned, with a ministry that's, um, or with a nonprofit that's going into uh, the state uh, prison system. And there's mm-hmm. just a lot of correlations. Um, mm. And so it's really kind of sure. helped me look at even that client and, and their approach and what they're doing. It's helped me to look at that a little differently as well. So that's great. Yeah. So TJ, if somebody wants to connect with you and uh, learn more about E5 Institute or uh, some of the things that you could help them with or just have questions, how's the best way for them to contact you? Yes. So they can go to e-5institute.com. That's e-5institute.com. And you can email me directly by by just putting in TJ before that. So TJ at e-5institute.com. Great. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really helpful, really insightful, and uh, really thought-provoking around uh, really something I haven't get, given a lot of thought to, but I think it's necessary for how institutionalizing learning really does apply to scaling a ministry and scaling any organization. So thanks for exposing us to that. And, uh, and hopefully if you're listening to this, that you'll reach out to TJ and, and, and ask more questions. So thanks so much for joining us, TJ. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate the E5 process that TJ talked about. Engage, establish, equip, empower, and expand. What a great framework to use as you're using education to break through bottlenecks and help scale your ministry. Can you think of someone right now, maybe on your own team, maybe it's even your boss who could benefit from TJ's talk? Well, I'd encourage you just to take a moment right now and share with them. As always, we just want to say thank you so much for listening to Ministry of Scale podcast. And until next week, keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.